0: On in welcome to educator a podcast that's catered to educators i'm your host shani at getting smart food education and innovation are at the heart of our recipe this podcast mixes it all together to get to know teachers that are doing the work and making a difference we start with the appetizer what makes these educators unique then to the main course, stories and experiences that have helped to shape their practice. Finally, dessert, some tips for what you can do next, creating a future of learning that works for everyone. Let's dig in. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I am so thrilled to be joined by Rachel Finner, a reading specialist and teacher at Car Lane, a visual and performing arts middle school in St. Louis, Missouri. Rachel is fond of walking her dog, Mocha, reading young adult fiction, and you know, our favorite, eating and cooking. Rachel, thanks so much for joining us today on Educator. Of course, it's
1: nice to be here.
0: It's so nice to have you. I'm really excited about the things you're interested in. Of course, the cooking being one of them, but your love of reading young adult fiction and your dog, what are some of the kind of books that you've read in the past that you really enjoy?
1: Uh, that's a good question. There's so many of them. Um, I've really loved uh, Jason Reynolds. He's an author, um, kind of a newer author that's out there. So pretty much anything he writes, I read. Um, I just really love the kind of more realistic uh, young adult fiction that really focuses on, you know, the African-American urban experience that kids go through. And I just really enjoy reading him his work. He's funny and it's, it's great.
0: Yes, absolutely. He is a getting smart favorite. We absolutely love his writing as well. So great pick. Um, speaking of cooking, um, if you were to contribute a recipe to a cookbook, what would it be?
1: So hard for me to narrow it down, but um, my, my mom used to always make a uh, taco pie for us growing up and I loved it. It's so good. It's, Uh, You use crescent rolls uh, as kind of like the pie crust, I guess. You open them up and then you put the filling inside and close it and then bake it. So she used to just put, you know, meat and cheese, but sometimes I throw in the bell pepper, onion or something like that, but it's so good. It's cheesy. It's warm. There's bread. it's,
0: It's amazing. It literally just sounded like you created a recipe for education. Like here's the base, here's the things we fill it with, here's the topping. And then like I add this part and someone else may add something different. So great metaphor. I've never had that, but I'm going to try. This sounds yummy. Um, when I, you know, When you think about all of the different things that make up who we are and who our students are, we talk a lot around like diversity and equity and things of that nature. So what is your diversity?
1: Um, so whenever somebody asks about diversity, I'm always like, oh, what do people mean by that? But um, I think usually people are referring to race. So, I, um, so I'm biracial. My mom is white American. My dad's black American. And so sometimes I feel like I embody diversity a little bit or like kind of feel the tensions between different races um, a lot uh, when I kind of feel caught in the middle. Um, but I think um, because of my background, kind of working towards racial, racial reconciliation is really important to me. And so, um, you know, I, it's important to me that I live in a diverse area and work in a diverse um, school or area. And um, the church that I go to is um, one of their core values is, is racial reconciliation, which I've learned a lot from being in that church. And so... Um, those are some ways that I really try to, try to be diverse and celebrate diversity. And, um, you know, but I know diversity goes beyond that too. You know, being diverse really just means being different. So there's, you know, economic status, preferences, interests. So I try to always, you know, with my students, encourage and celebrate that. Middle school is a hard time to be different. Um, But I try to, to celebrate that with them and try to help them celebrate the ways that they're different from other people too, to, so that they can embrace that as they grow
0: up. Yeah, and it's great that you walked in their shoes and you do celebrate all of the differences that students are, and you're right, middle mm-hmm. school is an absolutely rough time. So for them to have you as a champion is, I'm sure, um, very critical to their daily lives. Um, and as you think about education, why education? Why did you choose education? I've always
1: loved children working with children. that's always what I've wanted to do. I thought about going the social work route um, but I kind of i guess fell into education. Uh, my mom is a te- was a teacher. she just retired a couple years ago. My grandmother was a teacher too, so I tried to deny it for a long time. like no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be a teacher like them, but um, it, i just couldn't I couldn't resist. I think I appreciated that. Uh, education kind of takes a proactive stance, Um, you know, as opposed to social work, which both things are needed and very good. But I appreciated that education you are kind of like trying to get on the front of issues and and provide students with with skills and resources that they need um, to help them be successful adults later on. So yeah, I think part of it's in my blood and part of it's just what I love. So.
0: Well, you definitely couldn't run from it no matter how hard you tried so it <laughs> sounds like you landed in the right place and when you when you think about how education takes that proactive stance one of the the things that we think about is creating that sense of belonging um, for students so how does fostering belonging contribute to your practice of teaching
1: I think fostering belonging is one of the most important things you can do as an educator um, I mean, students won't really, learning is all about taking risks and trying new things and working hard and failing sometimes. And if you don't feel a sense of belonging while you're doing that, it makes it a lot harder to do. And so um, I try really hard um, with the students that I work with. You know, I I do a lot of pull out groups and so we will create a group name and you know, we do group points. So it's as a group. So we have to work together so that everybody is a part of the group and we're accountable to each other and we celebrate each other. And I just think that's really crucial to um, to the educator's role is to, to making sure that all students feel like they belong. In the
0: group. Yeah. And I, and I like when you said that sometimes obviously failing is part of the process, but sometimes when you fail alone, it feels a little lonely. So fostering that group collaboration is definitely key. And it sounds like one of the ways that you lead in your classroom and beyond. But when you think of the way of how do you lead, how would you describe your your leadership?
1: Uh, so one, one thing I've learned from people who have led me is that it's really important to listen when you lead. Um, and to listen and really hear what people are are telling you and so um, you know i try to view leadership as a as being a servant so you're you're really serving the people that you're leading and trying to um, empower them with the skills that they already have um, so that they can can kind of be their best self in whatever role that they have and so to do that you have to know the people that you're leading and you have to listen to their concerns and their you know where their desires for growth are, and kind of I try to start there um, when I can, and, and build on those things because, um, yeah, it's just important to to know the people that you're leading so that they will follow you, and you guys can be on the same
0: page um, in terms of where you're headed. Now that serving leadership just doesn't come naturally to everybody. I don't know if that was something that you kind of always had within you or. Something you learned within your journey um, through education. So, is that something that you had to learn, or is it something that you kind of changed your mind about recently?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I learned. I don't naturally <laughs> do that. Um, I think I, I learned it when I was in the role where I was working with teachers. Um, I, I learned a lot through that role from the people who came before me, and um, a lot of failure on my own. You know, trial and error and Um, so yeah, it's definitely not something that I naturally have within me. I think it's easy to, you know, kind of you, you have a goal and you want to get there and you want to do whatever it takes to get there. And sometimes you don't pause to really, um, think about the people you're leading and what their needs are too, and how you can, can
0: serve them so that they can, you know, be a part of the progress and the journey as well. Yeah, it's, it's, you definitely understand the need to pivot based on the circumstances that you're in. Um, we have read Adam Grant's book, um, Think Again. And so just that that notion of rethinking some of our deeply held beliefs, what is something that you've changed your mind about recently?
1: So it's funny, I think about a conversation I had with a um, another coworker in my district. This was before COVID. Um, And I remember her saying that um, school was just going, you know, becoming more and more uh, technology-driven, and um, this is the way of the future, and, you know, even in our school district, we're going to go there, and at the time, we weren't, um, you know, what they call one-to-one technology, so all of our students didn't have devices at the time, and I was like, no, I don't think that's going to happen, like, we don't have the resources for that, that's not something, you know, that's not really you know, technology is there, but, um, and so I, you know, obviously with COVID coming and we had to be virtual for a while. And, um, I think I've really changed my mind in terms of what education looks like with all of these, with all of the technology that's available to us, um, and just how that can be integrated into instruction and and everything that you do in a way that's really beneficial, um. And in a way that really enhances education versus kind of what I was doing at the start of my uh, teaching career
0: 14 years ago. So, Well, say if you've been teaching for 40 or teaching for four, everybody had to change how they thought about education within these last few years. So what is something that you wish more educators would rethink?
1: Um, So for me, when I... uh, when I went back to school to get my um, reading specialist certification, I took a class that was really eye-opening for me. And I feel like it's really made a major shift um, in my teaching. Uh, and it was a, a class about behavior, student behavior. Um, and, and basically, uh, the, I guess the theme of the class or the main takeaway was that be, all behavior is really a form of communication. And so, you know, when students are misbehaving in the classroom or you're seeing behaviors that you don't really want to see, it's really easy to kind of jump to conclusions and judgments and make assumptions about why students are acting the way they are. And then your response to them is usually based on your assumptions. Um, Whereas this class really, like, taught us to step back and look at why, you know, what's causing the behaviors? Why are they acting this way? What are they trying to communicate? Um, you know, usually they're trying to get something or avoid something. And so what is that? And, you know, how can you as the teacher in your response um, help them to meet whatever need they're trying to meet by the behavior in a positive way? And I was just like, I mean, it sounds, I feel like when I say it, it's like, of course, but it, it just was kind of not the way that I operated and not the way I see a lot of educators operating sometimes, but it was really like, just mind blowing to me, like, yeah, instead of, instead of, um, making assumptions about students, I can actually help them to learn how to, how to, um, behave in ways that are more productive, but also help them meet, you know, the needs that they have. So.
0: Yeah. Sounds like it was your aha moment. Yes, definitely. Well, it sounds like a lot of your practice is built around listening, um, being empathetic, um, observing, um, being really open to other ideas. And I'm sure that bleeds into like who you're listening to in your community and the things that you're reading and maybe listening to on podcasts. Who is one voice in your community that you would recommend other educators check out?
1: Um. I kind of have two, if that's okay. It'll be this similar. <laughs> Thanks. So the one, um, the first one is a book that I read recently. Um, it's called The Broken Heart of America by Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson. Um, it's, it's a newer book. I think it came out in 2020, but it's, it's about the history, um, really, I guess, the history of St. Louis. So it's focused on St. Louis, you know, which is where I teach and live. Um, and it really focuses on race, the history of race in St. Louis from like Native American removal and Lewis and Clark up to the present day, Ferguson. Um, and I, there were a lot of things that I learned. It's a very heavy, thick book. There are a lot of things I learned in that book about St. Louis that I had never learned before, um, especially since I'm not originally from St. Louis um but even i think people who are from st louis there there are a lot of things i didn't know and i felt like it reading that book helped me understand the educational system in st louis public schools a little bit better at least the context of it and and kind of what's brought us to our present day um it really helped me a lot and so there's um there's a similar book that is kind of more nationally geared um that is by Ibram X Kendi stamped from the beginning so there's the young adult version with Jason Reynolds which is my favorite I mean I think there's a kid's version too but it's a similar similar um topic where it's looking at kind of the history of race in our country and again in that book there are a lot of things I never learned in school there are a lot of things that aren't taught in school and I think it would it helps educators to learn those things not just to share them with students, but to understand the context that they're teaching in, in a better way. Um, So those would be two that I would definitely recommend really for anybody, but I, it's helped me as a teacher to understand the context that I'm working in a lot better.
0: You know, I appreciate you sharing that as you were talking about that. It just really made me think about the importance of really understanding the community in which you're serving and not just on the outside, but really digging into the historical aspects of why, you know, the school districts or the communities are the way that they are. And so just to really have a well-rounded view. So thank you for sharing those. Um, Well, Rachel, we really, really appreciate you being here today. Thank you for talking to us about your teaching practice. Um, Thank you for joining us for Educator. Yes, this was great. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you found this conversation inspiring, illuminating, and actionable. We love getting to talk with our wide range of guests about what makes us unique, alike, and connected. Know someone who will make a great guest on the podcast? Email mason at gettingsmart.com and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps to get more people around the table. Bon Appetit.